0: You know, as we uh, as we looked and started last week talking about uh, the idea of rebranding ourselves for a new year and a new decade. Uh, we talked last last week that, that the first key if we're really going to rebrand ourselves and uh, walk in our faith and even in the world. Uh, and these go synonymous. What we talked about last week is just to be faithful. Man, one of the best things you can do uh, in your office, in your work, is be faithful if you're uh, in sales. The best thing you can do is just be faithful to make the calls. Uh, if you're uh, in construction be faithful to show up on the job and do a good job I mean let people be able to count on you uh, if you're in accounting uh, be faithful to uh, to get the numbers right and to turn them in before uh, Your your clients are penalized and so faithfulness works outside, but also in church if we're going to grow faithfully uh, In um, in the church uh, in our spiritual growth. We've got to show up. We got to be there We got to get in God's Word. We got to be there faithfully. We can't just uh, do uh, Uh, do a little bit of scripture reading at the beginning of the year kind of like we do with our physical health and then think uh, man i'm done i'll be okay it's got to be faithfulness whether it's my physical life my uh, professional life or my uh, spiritual life i've just got to be faithful and that's the key and so today that was what we talked about last week today i want to talk to you about something else if we're going to be who god wants us to be um, we have to serve faithfully we have to serve others Uh, if you want to have a strong family uh, you've got to learn to serve your kids. Yes, we lead our kids, but we also need to serve our kids. Uh, if, we, uh, if we're married, uh, we've got to lead our wives, but we also have to serve our wives. There's both ends. If I'm in a corporation or a corporate environment, I've got to be a good leader, but I also have to be willing to serve in my own spiritual journey. Not only do I want to uh, lead out uh, and lead other men or lead other uh, groups, but I also want to serve people. And so service is a lot, has a lot to do with us becoming uh, the kind of people that God wants to use. And for us in particular, the kind of men uh, God can and does use. You know, a lot of times we think of... um, the org charts, when we immediately think of serving, uh, we think of the org chart. When I head to the office, I want to be at the top of the org chart. That's where all the power is. That's where all the leadership is. That's where all the accolades are. And, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there is a reality when we think about our faith and in our walk and in our journey with Jesus is that um, in God's kingdom, so much of what Jesus did is he flipped the whole world system upside down. He flipped the whole world system upside down. If Jesus is ultimately the head and he's the head of the church, uh, you also look back at him and he was more of a servant than he was anything else. As a matter of fact, here is uh, one of the things that Jesus said. He says, man, I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. Now, if that is the leader of our faith and he said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many that's got to be a challenge for us because if we say in our walk and in our marriages in our relationships at the office i want to be more like christ i can't be more like christ if i don't take on those christly attributes of being willing to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many when it comes to salvation that last part of the phrase is uh he says to give my life as a ransom for many Well, the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says, for the wages or the price tag of sin is death. What did Jesus do? He offered His death as the ransom, as the payment for all of our sins. And what was the result? The result is that whosoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so, guys, as we think about journeying through in our spiritual growth, if we're going to rebrand ourselves uh, in so many areas so we can have a better you and a better year and a better decade, uh, we need to learn to serve. Now, certainly we'll come, come around today to talk a little bit about making sure we're serving here at the church. Who are you serving here at the church? But, but it starts in the world. You know, it, it starts when you leave here today, who will you serve? Not because you have to, but because you choose to. Not because I have to, but because I choose to. And If we really want to be the kind of men that God can bless and that God can use, sometimes we need to forget about the org chart and serve other people. Sometimes we, have, if we happen to be at the top of the food chain or the top of, the, we need to learn to serve other people. Sometimes the best thing that peop, things that people under us can do is see us serving them. It demonstrates an integrity and a character and a humility uh, that uh, that we won't reflect it in our in our employees and those we come into contact with in our relationships. That's at the job in our relationships, uh, guys. We need to live in such a way. Uh, that we serve our families. That we serve them, yeah, we need to lead them, but we also need to serve them. We need to do things for those in our families that show that we're gonna step off our high horse. I'm not talking about Sunday mornings, Sunday afternoons during a football game, that shouldn't happen. But I'm talking about there ought to be times that we step aside, and in a shocking, almost shocking uh, fashion, that our wives see us serve them. Our kids see us serve them not all the time because then we don't teach our kids to clean up after themselves but we ought to have that idea but then it also ought to come into the church as well is that we need to be showing up at church not expecting to be served but to look like Jesus and to serve and give our lives as a ransom for many so before we go into this let me just ask you a question Uh, who do you serve, or who are you willing to serve, when you head to the office today? When you head to the uh, to the convenience store today? When you uh, get back in relationship with your family or with your friends, or you show back up at church this weekend? Who are you willing to serve? I had, I had a great privilege as uh, uh, after I graduated from Baylor. I was in institutional sales, financial institutional sales. And so we were put in sales training seminars. And I went early on, this is before I surrendered the ministry, to a Zig Ziglar conference. Uh, talking about sales and the positivity and stuff like that. And uh, I remember him saying, uh, I used to say this. He says, the best way to get to the top is help enough other people get what they want. And you'll ultimately get what you want. And then I had the privilege, after I surrendered the ministry, uh, serving at a previous church, being the class pastor for the Zig Ziglar class. And in his class, basically in his class, he gave everything he taught in the big seminars all over the nation. and gave it away for free. That's what he taught. And that's the way he used his reputation and his identity to bring people to Christ. And he would lead them to faith, and he would lead them to Christ. But think about that. The best way to get what you want is help enough other people get what they want Man, that's so true. You know, think about it. If you're, if you're on the org chart, if everybody below you, if you work hard, and maybe you're in a sales organization and you're a sales manager, if you work your tail off to make sure those under you succeed, guess what happens to you? You look better. If you're the only owner of the organization, if you help everybody below you succeed, everybody looks better. A lot of times we can be worried about that. We can think of that as competition. Well, what if they shine, or what if they show up, or what if they do well? The truth is that shouldn't be our problem. If they're under us in the org chart, we should want them to do well. Because if they do well, we do well. And so we need to come out of here going, man, you know, when when I come to church, the best way for me to get what I want in church is to help all these other people get what they want, which is touched by Christ to be touched by Christ, to be led by Him. If you think about it in Matthew chapter 20, we're going to read, if you want to pull it up right now, Matthew chapter 20, and we think about this idea of serving. Last week we talked about faithfulness. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20, verse 25. It says, Jesus called them together, and this is, uh, these are His disciples. So He'd be talking to us. He says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. That's what he says. He goes, goes, this is what you see when you look in the world. He says that, that their leaders exercise authority over them. And he goes, they lord it over them. And he goes, it shouldn't be the case with you. He says, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first... Must be your slave. Then look as you pick it up and read. uh, He says, just as the Son of Man. I'm in Matthew chapter 20. He says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Man, that is a phrase that ought to just embed itself in our mind and our heart, but more importantly than embed itself in our mind and our heart, it ought to play out daily in the words that we say and the actions that we do. I mean, it ought to permeate our relationships and permeate our lives is that my job as I grow further and further in the faith and I become more and more like Christ, the answer isn't that I get the Lord over more and more people. But instead, I get the opportunity to serve more and more people. If you go to Luke chapter 22, verse 26, here's what Jesus said. He says, you're not to be like them or that. He says, instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest among you, and the one who rules should be like the one who serves. Well, that kind of flips the whole world system up on its head. He goes, the greatest among you should be like the least among you, and the one who rules should be like the one who serves. And think about that. That, that Christ says, man, when you are walking my way, that you're going to be more, have more of a servant's heart than a mindset of others are supposed to serve you all the time. That I'm going to walk around looking for what can I do for others. And that's that phrase from Zig Ziglar. Man, if you want to get what you want, help enough other people get what they want. Man, if you're an accountant, Doug's an accountant. We've got an accountant in here. We've got we've got engineers in here. We've got guys in construction. We have got guys in sales. We got you know the best way for an accountant to do well is help the clients get the most money they can back from their tax returns. Right. Uh, if you're building something, what's the best thing? Best, best bang for your buck. If you're an engineer, the best, thing, best way for us to succeed in business is to help as many other people get what they want in life. And it's the same way in our work yard. And the staff that is under me, our senior staff, our, our, our leadership teams. You know what What I want for everyone who leads one of our team, whether it's Dave in children's ministry or Bridget in worship team or Chase in student ministry or Justin over all discipleship or Scott over finance and facilities or Justin uh, over missions. Uh, you know, if you just go through the line and Robert or whoever, I want them to succeed because guess what? the better they are, and the more I empower them and serve them to succeed, guess what happens? I actually look better as a pastor. And we all know I could use the help, right? And you're the same way in your org, in your life, in your relationships. We all need the help. And so I don't want to spend my time putting them down and making sure I own all the credit and own all the praise. I want to lift them up. And so we need to understand that needs to be our mindset as we go forward, that we need to serve people more than we accept, expect them to serve us. The world says, man, you're, you're a stud when everybody's serving you. Jesus said, no, you're a stud when you're willing to serve everybody else. Because that says you are choosing to do it willingly. That I don't walk in and, you know, think in my mind of my wife, you know, Why do I need to do that? That's kind of your job. You're right. I don't have to do that, but I'm willing to step off my high horse and do that. Same thing in the office. Same thing in all of our relationships. So let me give you, as we think about this idea of serving... If you want to write these down, and I'll give you some scripture. Let me give you, this morning, I want to give you seven reasons that we need to be, if we're going to be what God wants us to be, if we're going to be who Christ wants us to be, I'm going to give you seven reasons uh, that you and I want to be people that serve others. Seven quick reasons. Here's one. number one. You ready? God created us to serve others. That's why God created us. God created us and saved us to serve other people now that's a motivation if part of my dna if part of how god shaped me and put me together is to serve others then i need to make sure i fulfill that purpose what do we know about ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 and we're going to end up in 10 if you want to make your way to ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 Paul is talking there, and he's talking about the grace of God. He says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. In other words, salvation is all a gift of God. It is not my works, I'm not servant. All of God and none of works. And then he comes to verse 10. He says, for we are God's handiwork, we are God's workmanship, another translation says, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. God created us to do good works. And part of that good works is that we would serve other people, that we would find opportunities, uh, whether it's on Sunday morning or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, to serve other people, to go out of our way, to take on the mindset that Christ had of giving my life as a ransom for others. But I love these words. He says, man, you were saved to serve. We've heard that before, but here's where it comes from. For we are God's workmanship, verse 10. We are God's handiwork, His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Now listen to this, which God prepared in advance, or one translation says beforehand, for us to do. So guys, here's what that means. That God saved you, but He saved you with a purpose. And His purpose wasn't simply that He would forgive all of your sins and give you eternity. We all love the fact that we're going to spend eternity in heaven. How many of you like that idea, that I have trusted Christ I'm going to spend eternity? We all like that idea. But between now and then, God has work for you to do. And it's more than just your job. There are good works for us to do. And let me tell you what, your job is a good work. man. work is good for us, guys. Work is good. It is good for us to put our our hand to the plow. It is good for us to do that. But we also need to understand beyond that, God created us to do good works. And so we want to make sure that, man, I am saved for that. So thought number one, reasons I need to serve if I want to be like Christ is because God's created me and saved me for His service. So let me ask you a question. If you've got a little note, I'll give you about two seconds here to think about it. If you think of Two days ago was Sunday. Who did you serve on Sunday morning? Who did you serve on Sunday morning? You may not know their names because if you, um, you know, if you were opening doors or if you were parking cars, uh, if um, you know if you if you were just a usher, if you were a welcome, or if you were on the on the security team, you don't necessarily know their names. But so you could say the congregation. If you worked in student ministry or children. Uh, If you opened a house for D-NOW, I mean, you were serving other people. And so we need to understand God has prepared things for us to do. If you haven't used your gifts and your skill to serve someone for the kingdom of God, you are missing your purpose. Here's the second reason for serving. Serving others is my way of serving God. Serving others is my way of serving God. It's not uncommon that someone will come to me and say, Man, I just really want to know what God wants me to do uh, for Him. You know, Pastor, what do you think it is? And they'll want me to give them a specific thing. And sometimes I can. I can uh, after I get to know someone for a while, I sense here's your talents, here's your skills, uh, here's your abilities. And, and boy, have you thought about doing this or have you thought about doing that? Until that point comes... If you want to serve God where you find your specific ministry, just serve everybody. Just serve everybody. I love what Paul said when we come to Paul in Romans chapter 7, verse 4. Here's what he said He says, Whatever you do, work at it. This is Colossians chapter 3, verse 24. Colossians 3, verse 24. He says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord and not for men. I, I love that phrase. Whatever you do, whatever do that you do, that means if you're in Harley Davidson Finance, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart and all your mind. If you're with G2 Construction, whatever you do, work at it with all your mind, all your heart, all you. If you're in air conditioning. I was asking Joe a few seconds ago, I said, Joe, yeah, how, how's, it, how's it going right now? And he goes, man, he goes, we just always wait till about April 15th. He says, we just try to survive in the air conditioning business until April 15th. Uh, and he goes, uh, that's what you do, right? This is the season uh, most of us haven't turned on our A.C. units in a while. If your heater didn't go out, you don't need him. First 97 degree day, you need him, Right. You just serve. What do you do you do between now and then? You just, whatever you do, however God has blessed you, serve with all your heart. So he says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, not as working for the Lord, not for men. Since, listen to this, you know that you receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward. So notice what happened. Whatever I do, I'm supposed to work at it with all my heart. Not as working for men, but working for God, knowing that I have an eternal reward. That means that there are going to be a lot of things that you do with your talents, your skills, and your abilities here on this earth that you're not going to be paid for on this earth. But God keeps accounting, God keeps the books. And when God keeps the books, ultimately the invoice will be paid. So guys, just be faithful. Because when you and I are serving others, when we are serving others, we're also serving God. Let me give you another reason. Serving others proves that I belong to Christ. When I serve others, it it is a proof that I belong to Christ. What did Jesus say? He says... I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. If we're going to be like Him, that's the way we have to be. And so serving others, when I step up and I serve others, it is just a public demonstration of what has taken place inside my heart. This is Romans chapter 7, verse 4. This is what Paul said, So my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law of Christ and the, the body of Christ, that you might, listen to this, belong to one another, he says, to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit in every good work for God. So when I serve others, it is a demonstration that I walk in the faith. He says, when I bear fruit, it is a demonstration that I have already been saved by grace. So if you reverse that out, and and I don't have a passion or at least a willingness to serve others just because of the grace of God in my life, that might be a proof that you're not in the faith. Now, that's not necessarily the only case. Because there are times that, that we have good reasons, right? Why don't I serve? Because I'm busy. We're all busy guys. I, why don't I serve? Well, sometimes I travel on Sundays. A lot of people travel on Sundays. The question is, are we willing to serve? Not only was I created for that, it's a proof that I walk by faith. Now, I want, to, I want to be clear on that word proof. It does not earn you salvation. But it demonstrates you already have salvation, and we need to be real careful about that. Let me give you a fourth reason you and I want to serve. I serve others because I owe God everything. If you've got a big question of why, why should I do that? I'm sure glad God didn't ask that question about saving me. I mean, can you imagine if God said, why should I save John Mart?" And the chorus of angels would have said, we don't have a clue. <laughs> Go find someone better. Wouldn't that be in some of our lives? Man, when you think of the mistakes we've made and the relationships perhaps we've blown up or, man, the things we've done at the office, but the grace of God is still there. The people we've trampled in life, intentionally and unintentionally, the lies we've told. Man, why should I serve others? Because I owe God everything. Because of His grace in my life. And I love, if you just want to write down a verse, here it is, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Paul says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, all right, right there, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. That word living means active, breathing, serving, going. Man, with my mind, with my heart, with my energy, with my effort, with my actions, I want to offer my body to God as a living sacrifice. In other words, God, what would you have me do with my time? Maybe a block of time on Sunday morning, or a block of time on Saturday morning, or a block of time on Wednesday night. What would you have me do, God, just as I offer my body, my skill, my life to you? What would you have me do? And you do it in view of God's mercy, and notice what he says, And this will be holy and pleasing to God, which is your true and proper worship. I want I want you to hear me when he says my true and proper worship. Our true and proper worship, this is not proper worship for the man of God. I want you to know, is that we would show up in the morning on Sunday morning, that we'd make our way in there, that we would sit in service, that we would allow the others around us to sing, because we can't, right? We would sit down, we would endure the pastor's sermon. We would get up and leave and say, I want to worship today. That's not worship. And you say, okay, what if I sang? <laughs> That's still not worship. That's when we as a corporate body of believers come together and get edified. We get fed God's Word. We corporately as a body of believers. You look in the New Testament, we're to pray together, worship together, sing together. But then ultimately true worship is when I serve others. I'll submit to you that that's not worship in there at all. According to this verse. It's what we do with that. That is real worship. Does that make sense? I want you to hear me. It's what we do with that. Now, I am not de emphasizing and saying, don't go here. The songs sung, we need those. It's great to hear the inspirational music, the encouraging music, the, the music that has uh, a didactic message, a teaching message, a, a one that shares us, and reminds us of the grace of God, or the mercy of God, or the love of God, or who Jesus is, he's one Lord. All of those songs just embedded in our mind and our hearts so that we can remember. But then we hear the message, a message that might really not apply to you because of where it is or where you are, but it's a message that It's a reminder that we'll ultimately use someday. When true worship happens is when I go out of there and I offer, offer my body as a living sacrifice for others. That's worship. In other words, you truly have more opportunity today through serving someone else to worship God than you will on Sunday morning from 9.30 to 11. Or from 11 to 12.15 or 12.30. Because this is real worship. So, listen to this. He says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies, that means what I do, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, cause, because this is your true and proper worship. So, it's all about mercy. Let me give you a fifth reason we need to learn to serve others, and these are all from Scripture. When I serve others, it's the best use use of my life and my talents. When I serve others, it is the best use of my life and talents. I love what um, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. You might want to just write this down, and this is a great one to memorize. He says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, he says, stand firm in your faith. Let nothing move you. Now, I'll tell you, as men, we love that, don't we? I mean, we, we love. I've, I've taught, in, uh, uh, taught in here over the years uh, the idea series, Stand Firm. Boy, let me tell you what, men show up. Because we, we love the idea of being able to stand firm. And then we love that other idea, let nothing move you. I've seen some of you even the holy spirit of god hadn't moved you in about 10 years we love to not be moved right and boy yeah i've heard i've heard i've heard guys jokingly come by and say you almost got me without pastor that means they could feel the heart t- our heart was tugged just a little bit but they were able to resist i didn't get sucked into working in the children's ministry praise jesus right i don't have to change a diaper right i got an amen back there question 1 Corinthians fifteen verse fifty-eight. First Corinthians fifteen verse fifty-eight. So I thought I was a that was a volunteer for children's ministry right there. I said God does move. So, uh, but you know you know one of I, I mean there there are times that, that, that someone you know we, we get that. I want you to know there are times as your pastor. If someone will come up and tell me, we, we all have a string, uh, uh, a steady stream, all of the people on our staff, of someone that will come through and they will tell us about a great ministry they have or a heartbeat they have for something, and they want the whole church to get behind it. And I'll tell you what, many times it's a ministry that's awesome. You know, Justin deals with this and on missions. Man, it's just a steady... we I guarantee you we've got a billion good ministries. I'm probably exaggerating that we could be involved in. But if we did we'd get nothing done well. We've got to stay focused on what we do. But here's what we've got to make sure of. We've got to make sure that nothing doesn't ever move us. And guys, if you're sitting there in your life going, you know, I'm waiting for the right thing to come along. The hardest thing to move is an immovable object. It's way easier for God's Spirit to move you when you are moving spiritually and just redirect you. So I'm gonna encourage you just to start moving. Because remember what I said, we love this idea, whatever you do brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you Those are guy things, but listen to the third leg on that chair. Always giving yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Stand firm, nothing moves you while I'm serving God. Does that make sense? While I'm serving God. That I don't want to get knocked off the path. I don't want something that bad to happen in my life. I don't want to struggle in this area or struggle in that area. So whatever I do, I want to stand firm. Guys, we need to be men. And let me tell you what, I, I love the fact that Cottonwood and Cottonwood, we got some men's men. I mean, we've, we've got some guys that, that I walk around, I'm scared to death of them, just look at them. I'm like, Lord Jesus, don't ever let me cross them. But I'll tell you what, if I'm in a dark alley, I want them on my team. And we've got some other guys not only stand firm, that there's nothing moving them. It doesn't matter come hell or high water, they're not being moved off their walk and their faith and their great testimonies. But there's a third leg to that, always giving ourselves fully to the work of God. Guys, I think if there's an area a lot of times that men fail at, it's that third leg. We stand firm, we're not going to be moved off our faith, but I'm not going to serve anybody. Because that's below me. That means we're missing the mark for the third leg of what we're about in faith. And that's the idea. Now notice as we read the end of that verse, he says, because you know, here it is again, guys. How many of you like to get paid when you go to the office? I want you to know. uh, I didn't choose a profession that was going to get me rich, but I still like to get paid. We all like to get paid. When you go to the office, we want to get paid. If you're retired... I guarantee you, you know when the check from the government or the retirement or your IRA or... You know when it's going to show up every week, don't you? You want to get paid. Here's the beauty of the kingdom of God. We've already gotten paid with the forgiveness of our sins and the gift of eternal life. We are going to get paid. Someday in the future, but we will also get paid right now. So listen to this. He says, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That means, guys, you're going to get paid. The man who stands firm, doesn't get moved, and serves, you're going to get paid way more than the man who just stands firm and doesn't get moved. Here's number six, and y'all got to listen fast because we're after seven Serving others ultimately makes my life more meaningful. Serving others ultimately makes my life more meaningful. Going back to the Zig Ziglar quote, the more people that I can help get what they want, the more I'll ultimately get what I want. That's just the way it is. And what do I want? Yeah, I'd like to have a boatload of money, but you know, I also wanna help a lot of people get where they wanna get. And be what they can ultimately be, and know that I had a hand in it. Know that I had a hand in it. Mark chapter 8, verse 35. Notice what it says. He says, this is what Jesus says, for whoever wants to save their life has to be willing to lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and myself, excuse me, whoever wants to save, save their life will lose it, they'll waste it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will ultimately save it. If all you want to do is save your life and take care of your time and your resources and your energy and not spend any serving God, ultimately you will have gotten to the end of the day and you will waste it. But if you want to really save your life and make it meaningful, give it up serving God. Here's number seven. This is the last one. Serving others, guys will in fact, you've heard me touch on this, will be rewarded in eternity. It will be rewarded in eternity. Guys, God sees it all. The guy who busts his hump 60, 70 hours a week, who travels all through the week, but still shows up on Sunday morning to serve somebody else, God takes notice of that man. God takes notice of that man. That, that, that guy that he may not travel, might be a school teacher, coach, or something like that. He's got, he's got as much as we can anymore, and there are not a lot of them, a nine-to-five job. I mean, you talk about the auto industry. That's not a nine-to-five job. You can do really well in that business. We got a bunch of people in our church over the years who've sold cars. Let me tell you what, you, you can do a real well, but you're going to be on that lot a lot. There's some guys that on the other end of that spectrum, the question is, do you come? And we, get, we, got, we got some in our church that they, they're on the lot six days a week, and guess what? You see them on Sunday morning, they're loving somebody here. There's some other people that have as close to a nine-to-five job as you can imagine. Maybe there's a coach or a school teacher, or something like that. They show up here on Sunday morning, they're serving God. You will be rewarded in eternity. That goes for our staff, and that goes for y'all, And here's what Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 26. He says, whoever serves me must follow me. And then he says this, and where I am, my servants will also be. And my Father, listen to this, will honor everyone who serves me. How many of you at the end of the day would like for God to honor your life? Serve Christ. Serve Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for these guys here. And God, I pray for the reminder as we think about heading to the office and moving to the top that we would understand part of of being men that can make their way to the top is being willing to serve others on our way up and after we've gotten there. God, I pray that the idea and the sense of serving others would not be one that, that, that in our own mind makes us look lower than we are on the word chart, chart but ultimately puts us at the pinnacle of fulfilling your will for our lives. God, I pray your amazing blessings in every man's life in this room. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.